Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game. AM 560 WQAM and streaming on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Lexus, who invite you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show here on AM560 Sports WQAM. Dolphins Monday Night Football tomorrow versus the Saints. Excited for the potential seventh straight victory for your Miami Dolphins. Seems surreal. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas yesterday. If you're celebrating it, happy holidays to all of you. I hope everybody's enjoying the holiday season. Staying safe, of course. How about the Miami Dolphins? Six straight victories. You go back to that Texans victory, 17-9, five turnovers. You would have told somebody after a 17-9 victory over the Houston Texans to end your seven-game losing streak that you'd be going in to Monday Night Football versus the Saints for a chance to win your seventh straight. Yeah, nobody would have believed you. So, Truly an incredible turnaround for the Miami Dolphins. You get the 31-24 victory over the New York Jets. We're going to hear from Jason Taylor in just a couple moments because who better than to break down a Jets-Dolphins matchup. But 31-24 was the final score. You get the game-winning drive from Tua Tungavailoa. He struggled throughout the game. There's no doubt about it. The Dolphins seemed to come out in that first half just a bit lackadaisical, truthfully. And You could probably blame it on the bye week. I mean, you win five straight and the whole season comes to a screeching halt with that late bye week. And it kind of took the Dolphins, you know, a couple quarters to really get back into their rhythm. Their defense ends up winning you the game in that second half. And credit to Tua. I mean, he throws a terrible interception late in that game. It leads to the Jets tying it up. uh, And make no mistake about it. I mean, it was the defense for this Miami Dolphins without Javon Holland getting it done The Jets couldn't move the ball in that second half. They had all the trickery in the first half, right? They got on the scoreboard early, but it was the Dolphins' defense taking control, and Tua did what he had to do late in the game, finding Devontae Parker. It was a hell of a drive, hell of a game-winning drive by Tua Tungavailoa, and good for the Dolphins. You win in December, doesn't matter how you win it. Grind those W's out, get it done in December, and nobody cares. And that's what the Dolphins did And that's what they continue to do, and they'll need to do it again Monday night, tomorrow, in New Orleans. 
Monday Night Football. The stage has been set. We kind of talked about it last week where these are now playoff games for the Miami Dolphins. There's a whole bunch of different scenarios we can go through for them to get into the playoffs. And it starts with them winning out. Nine straight wins is what's going to have to happen if the Miami Dolphins want to make the the NFL playoffs this year. And it almost seems improbable, right, to lose seven straight and then lose, or excuse me, win nine in a row to make the playoffs. It almost seems improbable, but it's what's going to have to happen if the Dolphins want a chance to make the playoffs. First and foremost, you want to talk about the Bills beating the Patriots today. That's what needs to happen for the Dolphins. And then, of course, beating up on the New England Patriots when they come to Hard Rock Stadium. But before you get to that, before you're even in that situation, you have to beat the Saints tomorrow on Monday Night Football. And then we can talk about Tennessee, who, despite losing Derrick Henry, impressive victory Thursday night to start Week 16 over the San Francisco 49ers. And even if the Dolphins win out, and even if they complete this unbelievable turnaround from seven straight losses to nine straight victories to close out their season, there is still no guarantee that they will be in the postseason. So there really is a lot to keep an eye on throughout all the games today in the NFL in regards to the Dolphins and what needs to happen for them to be playoff bound. But right now, these have to be considered playoff games for the Dolphins. These last three remaining games, I mean, Look, I get it, they're not in the postseason yet, but essentially these are playoff games. You have to win these games to keep your season alive. Period, end of story. So I believe that's how Brian Flores, Tua Tungavailoa, Xavier Howard, Javon Holland, how about Duke Johnson getting in on the action? An incredible performance from Duke Johnson versus the New York Jets. These are playoff games. Win and you keep your season alive. And I'm looking forward to how this team responds to that test. Now, before we get to Jason Taylor and kind of recap that victory over the New York Jets, let's talk about tomorrow, Monday Night Football, because the big story, of course, is Ian Book starting for the New Orleans Saints. Dolphins get Jalen Waddle back. Dolphins get Javon Holland back. There are a couple names on that COVID list, but truthfully, this is probably the healthiest this Dolphins team has been in terms of your top talent being available for a game, maybe all season, arguably. We can't say the same about the New Orleans Saints. How about Ian Book starting for the Saints? Taysom Hill goes on the COVID list. Trevor Simeon, who's been injured for the past couple weeks, he's on the COVID list as well. So the New Orleans Saints are turning to Ian Book out of Notre Dame. Hasn't played a regular season snap ever. Played some preseason snaps, but hasn't played in the regular season once. Hasn't attempted a pass in the NFL yet. And he has to go up against Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Emmanuel Ogba, Christian Wilkins, Javon Holland, Zach Sealer. I mean, good luck, Ian Book. Brian Flores is known for tormenting rookie quarterbacks. And this is a rookie quarterback on Monday Night Football on the biggest stage in what is a must-win game, arguably, for both of these teams. Yeah, good luck, my friend. Good luck to Ian Book. It was actually a story about the New Orleans Saints hitting up uh, Drew Brees. I'll talk more about that in the next segment. Again, we will continue to dive into tomorrow night's game. I'll give you the updated line that has the Dolphins favored right now on the road in New Orleans. But first, it's Jason Taylor, number 99. He joined Seth Levitt, Travis Wingfield, and OJ McDuffie on the Dolphins post-game show after their victory over the New York Jets to talk about that win 
and how the Dolphins were able to turn things around in the second half. Here's number 99, the Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor. So, Jason, let's talk a little bit about what happened in the first half defensively and what happened second half defensively. What did you see the change and the difference that took place with the Dolphins team? Well, I really thought it was a couple factors. And, you know, some people heard talking about, you know, the Dolphins came out flat and they weren't ready to go and whatnot. Or defensively, they were a little conservative. But I think, it, to me, it was twofold. Number one, and it sounds crazy because he's so young, Javon Holland was out. And I think what Javon Holland brings to this team and does defensively for them in in their pressure package, also in coverage-wise, and whether he's a single high safety or he's down in the box, I think he does so much already at such a young age. So, you know, they, they count on him, rely on him, and they and they trust him to, to carry those responsibilities. So him not being in there, I think, made a big difference. And then also, you know, you know no matter how bad a team may look and, you know, or how tough of a season they're having, it, it's still the New York Jets. You know, and it's it's a division foe. You know, they they you know their their fan base. I think more so than the players anymore. Don't like the Dolphins. You know, there's this there's this rivalry thing that's still sitting out there, and they want to come to Miami and, and play spoiler and, and beat the Dolphins. So they came out, and I give them a lot of credit. They came out with a lot of energy. They played hard. They played well. They made plays. You know, they put the Dolphins in some tough positions and created some turnovers. So. I thought that was that was a thing early on, and then defensively in the second half, I thought I thought the Dolphins got more in a rhythm, understood what the Jets were trying to do offensively, and and, and pressured them a bit more. So, you know, as much as people don't want to hear it, I think you got to give the Jets a little credit for coming out and being ready to play, and, and Zach Wilson really handle, handling the game well in the first half. JT, to that point, you mentioned you know the Jets kind of pulled out all the tricks in this game, and it has to have something to do with the fact that they just wanted to ruin our playoff chances and and go beat their rival. And not just that, but Juice mentioned this too: take the all-time series lead in the Dolphins and Jets rivalry. Now Miami has the 56 to 55 lead in that game. Do you think that kind of had something to do with the fact that Miami's pass rush didn't really get much going early? And then was that what did you see with the five sacks in that second half? Well, I mean, I thought the rush was was fine early on. They didn't necessarily get him down, mm-hmm. you know. But you remember, you're not playing Joe Flacco. They played Joe Flacco up in up in New York a few you know, a few weeks ago or whatever. You know, Zach Wilson obviously moves around a lot more, can can, can extend plays and, and get a little off schedule. But you know, the the, the Jets want to play spoiler. They, you know, there's a lot of things people could say. Oh, they want to play spoiler. They want to win the series. You know, go ahead in the series lead or whatever it is. At the end of the day, guys, I, I'm a firm believer, and you know, I think Juice will tell you. These are these are some of the most competitive people on the face of the earth. They don't want to go out there and get their asses kicked. They don't want to go out and be whatever their record is three and ten or whatever. I don't even know what they are. Like they don't want that. You know they they, they want to win. And regardless of who's in or who's out, you know they're missing Elijah Moore. They're missing a lot of a lot of guys on their team, and they're they're having a tough season. There's a lot of pride still in that locker room. They got a lot of good football players still, and they're and they're going to do anything and everything they can every Sunday. Or Monday or Tuesday now or Thursday, where shoot, we're playing games all the time now. But any any time they tee it up, you know these guys are ultimate competitors. They want to win. You know I've been part of a one of fifteen team, yeah. and damn it, every time we left that locker room, you know for all fifteen of those losses, I was trying to win and expected to win. Now I knew we had, we were you know kind of handcuffed a little bit in some ways, talent wise and and coaching wise. But you know you're still competitive, so you know that. that those things always have to go out the window. And whether you're the best team in the league, you know, whether you're the Chiefs or the Patriots or whoever you think is the best now, look, Arizona got their asses whooped today by Detroit. Yeah. Yes, they did. You know, yeah. you, you, 
there is a there is a lot of pride and competitiveness in alpha males in NFL locker rooms, and you sleep if you want to, you don't get your butt embarrassed. Yeah, I think Coach Flo said the best what you're talking about, JT, is like uh, they've got a bunch of guys out there that are playing their butts off no matter what, and but they also play mm-hmm. well for their head coach in Salah. What do you think about – I mean, a lot of times yeah. you see guys that might shut it down on the coach. These guys don't do that, and they showed it the first half. Yeah, and we saw – you know, we've seen – and heard and read in the last few days about a team shutting down on a, on a, on a head coach, you know, where a coach loses his team. And I heard, Juice, I heard you on, I think, with Channing earlier this week talking about, you know, you, you felt like there was there was a big part of that team in Jacksonville that, that, that kind of, you know, abandoned ship on, on uh, Urban Meyer. And they were done with it. And then, you know, we see how that plan panned out. And, you know, Urban's, albeit, still rich but he's 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 not he's no longer working in jacksonville but you know <laughs> i saw a group that played their butts off for sala and you know he's a good football coach they got it they, they have some really good football players up there and they need more pieces you know, there's a lot of teams in this league that need pieces and then now it's on their gm and and their coaching staff to, to get what they can out of this group and sort of regroup in the offseason and reload but Again, you're you're going to get everybody's best effort, whether you're the Miami Dolphins, you're the Detroit Lions, or you're the New England Patriots. It doesn't matter. It just you know, people always you know, you always hear the cliches of oh, any given Sunday, and people kind of laugh at it. And, oh, it was a great movie, and maybe that's a good cliche. But no, I'm telling you, in this league, there are a lot of alpha males with bad intentions on Sundays, and you better come ready to play. <laughs> well, speaking of bad intentions and pass rush, JT, it's a topic that you and I like to discuss. I can remember for years, in the last eight to ten minutes, I would always jump in the elevator with Harvey and we'd go down to the sideline. And for games that we had a lead and we were protecting a lead or we were way up, that was prime time for you. You talked about, like, you couldn't wait to get back on the field, pin your ears back and get after them. Did you see some of that today? And just talk about what that means to a pass rusher to just have those opportunities to know that every play you get to turn the corner and go. And and how many zero-yard sacks did you have in your career? Well, this is a big point of contention <laughs> yeah, we have. We're going to talk about the zero-yard sack in a minute for sure. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, JT. Well, I'll, I'll answer the first part first. You know, it's obviously when you're playing with as a pass rusher, when you're playing with a lead, it's, you know, it, it depends on what the lead is. And, and today was a one-possession game still, so – you can't be as reckless. You understand they're not going to run the ball with a certain amount of time on the clock, but we also need to keep them in bounds. So you're not playing as reckless as you could if you're playing for the, you know, the New England Patriots for 15 years. You're playing with, you know, the Peyton Manning Colts when they always had leads. You know, you just Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis would just tee it up, you know, for three quarters of the game. And yeah, I was jealous. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I we can't tell. We can't tell. <laughs> Doesn't still bother. Yeah, exactly. Either. But no, it's so you know when you, you finally get that lead and you realize that that running them running the ball is not going to beat you. Yeah, it's that's that's the best time for you. But it's exhausting. It's it can be frustrating. You know, we saw Van Ginkle get a get a personal foul because you know you're two steps away and like, dang, I, I did all the hard work and now he's going to throw it just in the nick of time and we're trying to slip a little hit in. And nowadays you can't even sneeze near a quarterback or they put a mask on him and call personal fouls. So it's just. You know, so you got to you got to understand that in those situations, you know, albeit frustrating, you just you know, you, you have to to know the situation in the game. But there's nothing like playing with a lead, boy. I'll tell you what, nothing like playing with a lead, especially a two, a two possession lead, a two score lead with you know eight minutes to go when you guys are getting in the in the, in the elevator coming down from the press box. You guys, get the, you guys miss the best part of the game. I don't understand why you do that, but whatever. <laughs> JT, we appreciate you calling in, man, and giving us some thoughts here. But are, first, are you going to be in New Orleans? 
I will be there, yes. Okay, real quick, what's the key to win that game for Miami to make it seven straight? Oh, hell, I haven't started looking at them yet, but I mean, it's the, the number one thing is to 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 bring your bring your A game in your lunch pail. And I understand that regardless of you know, what your what that team looks like on paper or what they may have may or not, may have done in the past, you know they're gonna again a bunch of ultimate competitors that are trying to win a game, and you have no room for error right now. That's the biggest thing is the Dolphins have no no margin for error, and and they have to win every game and. Be, be, I like the way they ran the ball today. If they can duplicate running the ball the way they did, and Duke Johnson had a great game and piling the football, if they can do that, it makes this offense so much better. And, and you see where a guy like, you know, two has struggled a little bit today, didn't have his best game. But when you can run the ball and do it effectively, you can overcome those two interceptions and, and, and lack of productivity. You know, it's it just, you know, you weren't great on third down, but defensively you held the Jets to, you know, I think three of 11 on third down. So that, Defense travels, and the run game always travels. That has to go to New Orleans. That's Jason Taylor there. You heard his recipe for success to defeat the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. The Dolphins catching a big break with Ian Book starting in his first ever game in the NFL. He's going to attempt his first ever pass in the NFL in a regular season game on Monday Night Football against this Dolphins defense. We should be in for a highlight fest from this Miami Dolphins defense on the highest stage, Monday Night Football, it's the funnest game of the week, and the Dolphins, they're going to have their chance to win seven straight, get above 500, and cement themselves as legitimate playoff contenders for this season after a seven-game losing streak. It is bizarre. It is incredible. I would have laughed in your face if you would have told me this is what was happening, but we are here, and the Dolphins' playoff chances are very much alive. We will continue talking Dolphins football. Look ahead to Monday night versus the Saints, plus ESPN's Jeff Darlington. He had a one-on-one sit-down with your Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. We're going to hear about it next here on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show with Solana. This is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game. AM 560, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Lexus, who invite you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. Welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show here on QAM. Solana here recording live from New Orleans, the Big Easy. Hit me up on social media, by the way, if you have any recommendations for me. If you've been following along on the uh, on the Dolphins Rewind Show this entire season, you're familiar with the food assignments that I'm given on the Hawkman and Crowder Show. It's where you hear me weekly, 2 to 6 p.m., on this station, WQAM, along with uh, Channing Crowder, former Miami Dolphin, and Mark Hockman, host of the Hockman and Crowder Show. You can hear Crowder tomorrow, by the way, on the Dolphins pregame show here, which will begin at 4 p.m. They'll take you up until kickoff. Jimmy Cephalo, Joe Rose, the guy you heard last segment, Jason Taylor. They have your call live from New Orleans, Monday Night Football, here on your home for the Miami Dolphins. But as I was saying... Every city I go to, as I travel with the Miami Dolphins this season, Hawk and Crowder, they bring somebody on either from that city or somebody who's been to that city recently. I'll give you an example. I was in Chicago, and I was assigned Lou Malnati's Deep Dish Pizza. So that's what I did in Chicago. When I went to Cincinnati for the preseason, I was assigned Skyline Chili. That was a just total disaster. 
Never want to go back to Cincinnati in my life. and I never want to have to eat that nasty ass chili ever again in my life. Luckily, New Orleans is known for their cuisine. Now, I don't eat fish, but if anybody has any recommendations, would definitely be open to it. I'm going to have uh, I'm gonna have some time because I have all day today. going to go watch the game somewhere at 1 p.m. I'll be keeping my eye as well on that Patriots-Bills game. And then I'm going to have all day tomorrow as well because the Dolphins don't play until 8. I have nothing to do until around 3 or 4 when we're going to be headed to the stadium. So hit me up at AlexMSolana on Twitter or on Instagram if you've been to New Orleans before. And I've been here a couple times before, uh, but always open to some suggestions. And uh, maybe I'll give you a shout out on social media. And uh, I'll give you credit for sending me somewhere. But again, no no, no po' boys. If you heard me on Hawk and Crowder, I'm, I'm, uh, and this may be controversial, but the po' boy, just an overrated sandwich. Let's be real. Totally overrated. The bread to meat ratio just, just, there's a total imbalance there. Uh, enough with the po' boys. Everybody, oh, you have to have a po' boy. Go to the French Quarter, get a po' boy. I'm good. I'm good on the po' boy. Send me a good recommendation, all right? And I've been here a couple times. I've done the Café Ruman. I've gotten the beignet. If anybody has some good recommendations, they are greatly appreciated. Now, before we get to Jeff Darlington and his sit-down, with Tua Tungavailoa, he was on the Joe Rose Show with Zach Krantz. Weekdays here on QAM, 6 to 10 a.m. Jeff Darlington of ESPN discussing his sit-down with Tua Tungavailoa. I want to talk about Tua's play because for the most part, I mean, he has been one of the brightest spots throughout the Dolphins' six-game win streak. You have to give Tua credit. I know this is divisive. I know there are Tua detractors, but you have to give Tua, uh, Tua credit over this six-game win streak and what he's been able to to do and how he's done it as well. There hasn't been one incredible standout game where he throws for 350 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and that Jets game, okay? I understand the two interceptions were bad, inexcusable, especially that second to last, uh, or the, the second interception, which led to the Jets tying up the game. It was terrible. Absolutely cannot throw that pass, but Tua makes up for it. He goes down the field, and he's able to get the touchdown pass to Devontae Parker in what ended up being the game-winning drive. And kudos to him. But man, thank goodness he did that, right? Because could you have imagined what the story would have been Monday if the Dolphins lose that game because Tua Tungavailoa threw the interception in that second half on what was a terrible pass out to the flat? Imagine what the story would have been. It would have been... The Dolphins are missing the playoffs because of Tua's inability to beat the New York Jets at home in a must-win game. This whole week would have been misery, just absolute misery, and that would have dominated the conversation. So I'm happy Tua was able to figure it out. Look, you have to take the good with the bad, and for the most, for for the better part of the six-game win streak, Tua has been very good. We've seen some flashes. He hasn't been incredible. He has not been extraordinary. And it does seem like the conversation has kind of gone from, and you're going to hear it here with Joe Rose and Jeff Darlington, but it's kind of gone from, okay, Tua has shown us he's good, but can he be great? Can he be at that level you need him to be to win a Super Bowl? And that's kind of where the conversation has shifted. You win games in December, you have to be happy with that no matter how you get it done. But those two interceptions by Tua cannot happen on Monday Night Football against this defense versus New Orleans, I think it'll be a great opportunity for him to show us that 
on the biggest stage, he can rise to the occasion. Let's get to Jeff Darlington here. You'll hear a bit of the same conversation as well. Again, he joined Joe Rose with Zach Krantz earlier in the week. He also sat down with Tua Tungavailoa ahead of this Monday night football matchup. You'll hear his conversation with Tua, or at least some uh, some information about it here with Jeff Darlington. Let's talk about the one-on-one with uh, Tua Tungavailoa. Always curious as yeah. everybody gets to know him. He's been pretty private for the most part. And honestly, yeah. whether you like him or not, this guy's been through a roller coaster season from injury to all the Deshaun Watson to now playing pretty good football. Right. Uh, what was your thought talking to him? Uh, you know, he he still it reminds me of of Tim Tebow still. Like that's that's the best analogy I can make. I covered Tebow extensively in 2011, and uh, and a little bit unflappable in that way, where like there's this you know sort of whirlwind of of uh, polarizing debate going on around him and he truly as much as you know that he knows and that he he's got to be sort of motivated by it he really doesn't show it very well um which is probably a really good quality i mean he just he seems pretty unflappable in that way and uh and just like tebow you know you look at like this past game and it's like there was a lot of things there that that you kind of yearn for more but then when it matters after he throws the pick six right. somehow he finds a way to will win and uh and he finds a way to kind of keep keep the fans you know supporting him to a to a passionate level so that's the best analogy i can make um in in the people that i've covered in my career he really does remind me a lot of that you know you know it's amazing just to follow up on Tua. so so now the latest thing and we've been talking a lot about this is well, you're right. He has gotten a lot better. But is he ever going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Can he ever get there? And I'm like, man, this yeah. guy, he's under a microscope. And I always wonder, do you really understand the microscope you're under every day? Like, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this in a Dolphins uniform. That's a great point. Um, like, you can think about the Dolphins quarterbacks that have come before him, and it, it pales in comparison to, you know, but you think about Ryan Tannehill, like, yes, we debated him pretty consistently, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. I don't know. It was like, it was like Tannehill like did just enough to make you think that he was right there, but, but could, could never really get there in a Dolphins uniform with Tua. It's like, we're already debating his potential, um, you know, just barely a full season into his career. I mean, the guy, it, like, it's crazy. What's what, the stat? 67.1 uh, completion percentage in his short career is the best through 20 games of any quarterback in NFL history. Hmm. Like, that's a wild stat. But then, you know, then he's got the pick six and the interception. We actually talked about that in the interview. Like, that was one thing I said to him. Like, Dude, this completion percentage is unbelievable, but how are you going to get rid of the interceptions? And, you know, he handles the question well. He, yeah. he basically says, like, they're unacceptable and – you know, I, I'm I'm learning. I'm figuring these things out, and um, yeah, I'm confident that I'm going to get through it. And he says all the right things. Whether he can actually do it is going to be the difference between whether he his ceiling is what the critics think it is, or whether he can kind of bust through that and become that top ten quarterback. He's had a full breakout in these last six games, obviously for the Miami Dolphins and playing really right. uh, pretty good ball. I mean, obviously in the in the last game with two interceptions, uh, not his best game, but he's been playing really good before that. But at one and seven, Jeff, I'm just assuming that most people around the NFL that cover it or watch it 
we're thinking this team is down to the dumps and dead for the season. The season's over. Now, like set, all of us. Right. Well, I mean, all of us. But, Jeff, 7-7 seven and seven now. This is one hell of a story in the NFL, what's happened to this Miami Dolphins team, especially in the last seven weeks with the bye week. They are at 500 in the playoff hunt after a 1-7 and seven start. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, and it's fun. And I think ultimately I'm curious what the sustainability is of it, not to sound – I mean, I'm, I'm going to sound like the, the critic that people roll their eyes at, but it, you, you do wonder. I mean, like, it's one of those things I just feel like we've been down this road before with the Dolphins. And I feel like I can say this because I have been down here, where, like, you get this surge at the end of the season, and, and if you do eke into the playoffs, you get stomped by the Ravens. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like we've, we've been down this road before where it's like, okay, is this just – a cool little run or is this the sign of a team that is truly on the brink of becoming a, a perennial playoff contender to me it feels like a cool little run right now and i know that's the that's being a debbie downer um they need a they need a signature win in this run and i think the saints could be it certainly monday night football this is the saints team that is still vulnerable still struggling but also that just shut out the bucks and has a really good defense like if Tua all of a sudden puts up a really good game against this defense that's really impressive and a really good sign. And that, to me, would be more of a, like, okay, like, this thing could be real uh, than, than what we've seen so far. That's Jeff Darlington there. He was on with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz earlier this week. So, what we expect to happen tomorrow on Monday Night Football versus the Saints, it's not Tua Tungavailoa shining and throwing three touchdowns and having this big game like Darlington mentions, right? That would be great. That would be incredible. But... That's not what Dolphins fans are expecting, right? It's the Dolphins defense dominating Ian Book. Period. End of story. That's what you're expecting to happen tomorrow. How great would it be, though, on the biggest stage for Tua to come out there and, you know, rise to the occasion, as I mentioned just moments ago. And it would be even better because Tom Brady last week was shut out. Only the third time in his career he's ever been shut out. The first time it's happened, I think, since 2006, he was shut out on Sunday Night Football versus this New Orleans Saints team. 9-0. to That doesn't happen to Tom Brady. And that's what this Saints defense did to him. And I get that Buccaneers offense is depleted. There's injuries absolutely everywhere. But the point stands. Tom Brady scored zero points against this Saints defense. The optics of Tua leading the Dolphins offensively to a victory over the Saints would be incredible not only for this Dolphins offense not only as they continue and try to get into the playoffs but for Tua Tungvaloa himself he truly has been under this microscope and we're analyzing him every single game in a way that I can't remember analyzing any other quarterback that suited up for the Miami Dolphins granted I'm only 27 years old I get it I wasn't around for Marino I don't really remember the Jay Fiedler years too much either, but even Ryan Tannehill wasn't analyzed this closely and this aggressively. This win for Tua, especially a confident Tua Tungavailoa on Monday Night Football, a performance that we'll all remember would be truly incredible. And I'm hoping for Tua that that's what we get because, listen, we're talking about meaningful football games at the end of December. That's fun. However you feel about this kid, however you feel about his future, whether you think he's going to be a superstar, whether you think he's going to be a a mediocre to below average quarterback, 
Whatever you think about Tua Tungavailoa, right now he is your Dolphins starting quarterback. They have a chance to win seven straight, the seventh win being on Monday Night Football, and you're talking about meaningful football games in December. This is the way it should be, and we can do the thing where we look at the Jaguars' loss, and we can do the thing where we look at the Falcons' loss, or that that week three loss in Las Vegas. Like We can do that, and it's being done all the time. But what matters right now is that the Dolphins are playing meaningful football, and I'm enjoying it right now, and I know a lot of people are as well. Coming up in the next segment, you're going to hear from Ian Book. He spoke to the media on Christmas Eve, talks about the roller coaster ride he's been on throughout the past week, finding out how he's going to be starting against the Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football, plus your injury report and your updated line as well. We're getting to it all on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. This is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game. AM 560, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Lexus, who invite you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. I said earlier in the show that this could be the healthiest the Miami Dolphins have looked all season. And um, I'm going to get to your injury report right now, but... Man, it really does seem that way. So there are five Dolphins from the active roster that are on the COVID-19 list. Justin Coleman, offensive lineman Robert Jones, Duke Riley from the defense, Greg Mance, and Seathan Carter. Uh, They probably will not be able to play unless they return two negative tests before 4 p.m. tomorrow. There was a, a name we haven't heard in a while, Lim Bowden. We know he's been out for the rest of the season. He was hurt. In the preseason, he also was on the COVID-19 list. So how about for the Saints? We know about Ian Book starting. We know Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, they're on the COVID-19 list. Um, But there were some players injured for the Saints as well. They're starting offensive tackle, Tron Armstead. Defensive lineman, Marcus Davenport. And Traquan Smith, their wide receiver. All three of them are questionable for tomorrow's game. But... 16 players, including Taysom Hill, are on the reserve COVID-19 list. We found out two days ago, Demario Davis and safety Malcolm Jensen, they're on that list as well. Offensive tackle Ryan Ramchick, he's on that list as well. And how about this from NewOrleans.com, from NOLA.com. The Saints reached out to quarterback Drew Brees. You remember that guy? Drew Brees could have been a Dolphin. Yeah, we know all about that. But Drew Brees... Got a phone call from Sean Payton a couple days ago. Sean Payton hoping Drew Brees would come back to the Saints and save their season. Um, and I was reading on Yahoo that Drew Brees was on vacation in Hawaii with his family. I also saw a tweet. I don't know if this was confirmed or not, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I'm not trying to you know spread uh, spread misinformation. But I saw a tweet that Drew Brees texted Payton back a picture of him on the golf course. Um, yeah, Drew Brees was not down to come back and play for the Saints. He, you know, chalked it up to him, just not physically being able to make the plays that he needs to play, that he needs to make in order to play. And, um, a couple other quarterbacks were hit up by Sean Payton as well. Phillip Rivers, who I I can't believe turned down this request. I mean, Phillip Rivers, you have to imagine is just sitting at home right now waiting for the call, but Apparently not. I guess he's enjoying time with him and his 93 kids. And how about Josh McCown? He was also hit up 
by the Saints. They actually signed Blake Bortles to be the backup because until Blake Bortles was signed by the Saints, their backup quarterback was Alvin Kamara, which, listen, I'm not hoping for anybody to get injured. All the best to Ian Book in his first NFL start. But talk about a crazy, wild turn of events if Ian Book is hurt at any point in that game and the Saints have to turn to their star running back to play quarterback. I mean, that just would have been, uh, that would have been wild. That absolutely would have been wild. So again, it is Ian Book for the New Orleans Saints, unless something dramatic happens between now and Monday night, which I'm not anticipating. I will get to some sound from Ian Book in a second. There were a couple games that happened yesterday. We know the Titans beat the 49ers on Thursday night football, but yesterday the Packers beat the Browns 24 to 22. The Browns losing certainly helps the Miami Dolphins. Doesn't look like the Browns and and just nothing's going right for them. They've been absolutely depleted by injuries as well. They dropped to seven and eight. Baker Mayfield throws four interceptions. Aaron Rodgers gets another victory. He's chanting MVP as he walks off the field yesterday. And then the Colts, they beat the Cardinals. Cardinals were the hottest team in football. They've dropped to 10 and five. Colts who entered South Florida without a win, beat up on the Dolphins. Everybody in South Florida was upset. We called it a bad loss by the Finns. And now looking back on it, the Colts at 9-6, and six, probably going to make the playoffs unless they have a catastrophic, catastrophic end of their season. Ends up not being such a bad loss. One of the hottest teams in football right now. Crazy what's happened in the Cardinals, considering how well they were playing all season long. Truly seemed unstoppable. And then your schedule for today, just looking over... The slate of games, a pretty good one. The Rams and the Vikings in Minnesota. That's at 1 p.m. Bills, Patriots, that's at 1 p.m. That's the one we're all keeping an eye on. Seems like for the Dolphins, just just need the Bills to win that one. Uh, I I know how tough it is to root for for either of those teams. We don't want any of them to win. But um, if the Dolphins win out and they can beat the Patriots and the Pats lose tomorrow to the Bills, it'll be the Dolphins as the uh, 10-win team going into the playoffs if there's a 10-win team going in and it certainly will not be the New England Patriots Ravens Bengals at 1 p.m that one has playoff implications as well Lamar Jackson not traveling you have the Chargers and the Texans could use a big Houston win even though that's certainly not likely at 425 another game we'll be keeping an eye on it's the Broncos and Raiders Steelers Chiefs this AFC man all these teams that are uh that are in the hunt, just beating up on each other. Your Sunday night football game is the Cowboys and Washington. And then again, tomorrow night, right here on QAM, the Dolphins and the Saints. It'll be Ian Book, and here he is talking with the, the, the New Orleans media earlier this week on Christmas Eve. An understatement of the year to say this has been a wild week for you. Um, just like if take me through what this week looks like in, you know, just from... Wednesday to today, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's been a wild week. There's no doubt. Um, you know, went to the first day of practice, and you know, Trevor obviously didn't feel well, and he went in immediately um, and got tested. And you know, after practice, heard that boom, he was positive. So that's one. And then uh, I'm losing track of days, but was it yesterday? Maybe two days ago? Yeah, two days. Maybe was it yesterday? Taysom. Gosh, yeah. So it was yesterday. Uh, you know, Taysom actually called me, so 
Um, he called me and said, hey, did you hear the news? I tested positive. So just boom, boom, two days in a row, and I can count. So I knew I was the last one. Can you just talk about where you are now is, you know, the last time we talked to you was probably in training camp, learning the offense and still getting up to speed and figuring things out. Just maybe the evolution from, from then to now and how much more prepared you feel uh, about taking the reins and getting this opportunity. Yeah, I think last time we talked was getting ready for yeah, training camp, getting ready for that Baltimore game. You know, I got to play the second half. Um, I feel a, lot, a ton better. That, that feels like it was so long ago. Um, taking a, Every time there was a rep, I got to take it mentally. So add up all those reps, I got to do it mentally. Never got to do it with the ones, obviously, but every single time they were doing it and watching film, you just got to envision that it's you out there and hear those reads over and over until it's really ingrained in your mind. And I do feel a lot better. Uh, coaches have done a great job getting with me and getting me all set up, and um, it's just time to go out there and do it. This probably isn't how you envisioned your first start, um, but has it set in yet that, you know, obviously some things could change between now and then, but yeah. this could be happening for you? Every day, just taking it day by day. We're getting all, obviously getting closer to Monday night, but I'm not going to play with my mind and say, you know, maybe they come back in time. I'm, I'm starting at this point. I'm playing. I plan on playing, and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Um, that's what I got to do this whole entire week to get ready. You can't just flip that switch on, you know, Monday morning trying to get ready. It doesn't work like that, especially at the quarterback position. That's what I've learned, and that's what I've learned, you know, talking with all these other quarterbacks this year. You know, I talked to Trevor with it when he was playing. You know, you got to take it the whole week seriously because you never know. And, um, you know, I was the fourth quarterback on the list. You wouldn't expect things to happen like this. But with COVID, you never know. So just taking it and uh, trying to get a routine has been tough because you can't get into the building. But every day I'm just getting up early and, I'm studying, you know, I'm, I'm learning as much as I can. Um, definitely like on pen and paper. It, was, it felt really good just to get out here today to walk through it. I needed these reps and I told the coaches I need these walkthrough reps and um, it, it was awesome. I need to see it and picture it and uh, it's coming through. It's going to be a good week and I'm excited. It's an unbelievable opportunity is what it is. Uh, hey Ian, obviously you played a lot of big games at, uh, at Notre Dame. I mean, I guess how excited are you? Just the Monday night atmosphere, you know, full world watching that kind of thing. I'm going to be pretty buzzed. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what it's going to feel like. I've played in big games, but I think this is the biggest, obviously. You know, this is, we're professionals now, and it's Monday Night Football. And I grew up watching primetime football since I was a little kid. And uh, it's a dream, It's an, and I'm just going to keep telling myself um, what a great opportunity. Um, there's a million excuses out there is what I'd say, and we're going to use none of them because we've got to go out there and play. We're all professionals, and when your name's called, you got to go out there and perform. So... Uh, just excited. I want to go out there. The main thing for me is I want to go out there, have fun, move on to the next play, and, and play with speed. You know, don't go out there thinking all the time. That's going to slow down my process. And just got to go out there, play, have fun. It's football. Yeah, and would you expect in this offense to be doing some of the things that Taysom Hill did in the running game? Is some of that in your skill set? I'd love to be as good of a runner as Taysom and hurdle people. Um, but no, I mean, I have a little bit of that in my game. There's no doubt, you know, and I watched Taysom this whole entire year run around. He's someone that I look up to and just the way he, his process, the way he, other than just running, you know, the way he attacks the game. I'm trying to do that this week. And obviously I get, there's a lot of things in the way with COVID, but you know, I try to be like Taysom. And, um, you know, I think scrambling around a little bit when I need to is, uh, is going to be huge. Um, I don't know about any quarterback powers we'll see I guess we'll have to see Monday night what a what a fun uh, Christmas present for you um, but back to Taysom has he said anything to you about 
you know, this opportunity and, you know, giving you some advice about, you know, how to move forward with this? Yeah, actually every quarterback has. Jameis reached out, sent me a nice note. You know, Trevor called me, Taysom called me. So it's been pretty cool. Just go out there and play football, have fun. Um, you know, we always say stay ready. I've been joking with Taysom all, or with Trevor all year. We always say stay ready every time you see each other. And, you know, now we're at this point. So they're excited for me. You know, I wish them well and hope they get better soon. Um, but um, they've sent me some good notes and some good points on what I need to do to focus and get locked in. And um, kind of the three keys, they've each given me a few keys just to get ready for this game and things to focus on. That's time for a couple more. Luke Johnson. Yeah, Ian, if, if you could, did you say you found out about this whole thing from a text from Taysom saying he tested positive? Like that was how you figured you were going to start? Um, yeah, that was, yeah, the coaches reached out right after. But once Taysom tested positive, he called me immediately and said, hey, did you hear the news? I already knew what that meant. So, yeah, I heard from Taysom um, that he, you know, tested positive, And like I said, I did the math there pretty quickly. Do you have to have like a, a different level of preparation given the fact that you're not going to have a, a veteran quarterback there with you on the sideline? I mean, you'll have Pete there and Sean will be coaching the game, but I mean, Blake just got here. So does that kind of add an extra layer of you knowing that, hey, it's me and I'm like an army of one here right now? Yeah, it might feel like that a little bit, but just coming out here today, I got this whole team, you know, behind me. I feel like all these guys got my back and just uh, hear everyone in and, you know, how excited they are that I get a chance is pretty cool. Um, you know, I feel like I've been on the Saints for longer than I have. You know, I'm getting close with these guys. and um, I, But I see what you're saying. You know, I haven't even thought about that. So getting off on the sideline, I'll be right there with RC and with Pete and, you know, with Blake now. And, shoot, Blake's played for a long time. He's, he's got a lot of starts under his belt. I want to hear from him as well. And, but at the end of the day, I know what i got to do. Um, you know, it's obviously the NFL. And, you know, I haven't had a start or played in it yet. But... I know what I got to do at the, at the quarterback level to win this game. Yeah, you're done, bro. You're done. This guy has no chance against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. I, I am giving the Dolphins maybe a little too much credit, right? Like, what, they can't lose to Ian Book? Everything we know about the Dolphins, it would be so Dolphins to go out there and lose to a guy who has never played a down before in the NFL. I, I just can't see it. Everything we know about Brian Flores and the way he likes to torment rookie quarterbacks. He's done so well against them in his career, not only as a head coach, but when he was in New England as well. And you just have to imagine, I mean, Xavier Howard just got put into the Pro Bowl for the third time in his career. You get Javon Holland back. You're healthy right now. This Dolphins defense is healthy. You just have to imagine they're going to be just so good and so dominating against a rookie quarterback. Certainly excited for it. I'll be at the at the stadium tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m. kickoff on QAM. Your broadcast begins at 4. Remember, I'm looking for recommendations. I have all day today in New Orleans and, uh, and most of tomorrow as well. So at Alex M. Solana, if you want to connect, this has been the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. I'm hoping for a seventh consecutive victory for the Miami Dolphins. We'll talk next week, Sunday morning, 8 a.m., Bright and early as we always do, right here on 560 WQAM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.